You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience. The validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. What's up, everyone? This is the 3 a.m. podcast where we tell scary stories. My name is Sean. My name is DJ. My name is Charlie. And we're here to tell you some scary stories. But before we get into it, how's your week, guys? It's actually been busy. Same. Yeah. Very busy. It's been a Monday so far, and <laughs> so it was busy for me too. Uh, we haven't had a 3 a.m. episode in a long time, so I'm happy we're getting one out. Yeah. Uh, it's been a decent week. Really busy. Last week, I had a little surprise from my favorite ninja. <laughs> <laughs> what happened, dude? You guys saw the video? Yeah. Yeah, I took it and sent it to you guys immediately. I freaked out. I yelled when I saw it. Yeah, I was like, this is the last thing you're going to ever receive from me. But here we are. Uh, my life flashed before mine eyes when I saw him. But Yeah, it's scary. He, looked, he had this look on his face, too, that was like, you know, like he could actually see you. Feel me. Smell my fear. I've met. Okay, so when Sean and I were in the Philippines, we were staying in a hostel. And there was a dude there who said he was deaf. Yeah. And we straight up were convinced he was not deaf, which I'm sure is like a me too or like a, a reason to be canceled is questioning someone's disability. But I swear the dude wasn't deaf. I, I don't know why. I was just like, nah, he could hear me. <laughs> I didn't. I just didn't trust. I was like, you know, Did, he's probably faking this. Was, was that the end of it? The weird thing is he was traveling the world alone. This was in the Philippines? It's not weird. I was actually like really um, impressed by it, but I was like, dang, that's like, that's crazy. You're traveling the world alone. You can't speak the language and you can't hear. So I was like, dude, that's crazy. So I was trying to catch homie out. So when he's turned around, I'd be like, Marshall, and like say his name all loud and see if he reacted. Dude, he stays strong the whole time. Bro, that's because it wasn't even his name, bro. <laughs> He's just got a strong <laughs> poker face. Yeah. Dude, he might. He didn't even no flinching though. Like didn't budge. I will say the reason I like did question him is because I've lived with Sean for 10 years. Who like yeah. when he travels, Sean just pretends to be a new person every time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, maybe this dude is not telling the truth, you know? It's possible. Like I was getting some ideas. Be like, oh, I could pretend that I'm deaf. People won't talk to me. 
but that, I'll be snooping on everyone's, you know, conversations. That's a that's a skill that I think is admirable, having a good poker face. Yeah. I guess it's useless if you can't see your poker hand, but <laughs> oh, I was like, what are you talking about? Oh. <laughs> you're valid. You're funny, dude. <laughs> uh what's up <laughs> listeners i hope y'all are doing well i did just say y'all just <laughs> come from like tennessee or something i hope everyone out there is doing well uh we just want to say thank you so much for the love and support that continues to pour in it surprises us every day it's truly yeah. surprising uh how upset were you when they took away the polish dog from costco <sighs> i was like an eight out of ten upset being honest, I wasn't that upset. Yeah. I feel like the original, I was like, okay. The Polish dog gave me burps <laughs> that you can only experience in this planet, in this existence from a Polish Costco hot dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably why you weren't a 10 out of 10 upset. That's true. The burps kind of two points. So apparently the, the Costco hot dog has stayed, uh, how much is it? it you, get a hot, you get a hot dog and a drink for like, yeah, $1.98 or $1.99, yeah. $1.99? think so is it or a dollar fifty i thought it was a dollar fifty but with taxes well, you worked there so yeah. you'd probably on the know. sign i think it's definitely a dollar fifty okay let's say know. let's call it a dollar fifty it's been a dollar fifty for 35 years that's a long time considering inflation i thought you were gonna say the price was rising no it stayed <sighs> the same and apparently there are two founders of costco and one of them in their board meeting actually this has been a debate for years and years but the first time this happened, one of the the co-founders said, let's raise it 25 cents. You know what's 25 cents? Yeah. Because they're actually losing money. Mm -hmm. And his homie, the other co-founder says, I will effing kill you if you change the price of that hot dog. That makes me love Costco more, <laughs> dude. I like that energy. Dude, it's hard, bro. Homie is passionate about his wieners. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was so good. He's like, do you want to die for 25 cents? <laughs> That's great. Did he, what did he say? Like just, or was he just, that was uh, it? <laughs> it? It was, it was all about like, you know, people expect that it's been like that. And it's, even though they're losing money, like they have a rep for that. Mm. Like all the foot traffic that comes in just for that. Like it helps look like Costco's popping off and it is like, yeah, yeah. but, um, they also lose money on their chickens. Oh, for real? Yeah, the $5 chicken. Hmm. They were like, you're crazy. You can't do this. Yeah. You will go out of business. And they were like, and no, it will give us more Give us more business. Don't, isn't it? I don't know if it's every location, but if you go to get a chicken and they're out, don't they give you like vouchers for free chickens? I don't know. I worked there and I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think that's a thing. But I don't even have a Costco membership, dude. I'm a pleb over here. <laughs> dude, I worked at Costco for about a year. And it was while I was putting myself through school. Didn't finish. And, uh, but I worked in the bakery. And so I worked with a ton of old ladies. And every time I'd get there, because I would clean it up and close it all down. So I'd get there and they'd be like an hour or two. They were finishing up. And they'd be like, hey, Charlie, come over here. And I'd come over there and they'd be like, come here. And they'd point under their table and they had saved like 30 different things for me. Muffins, <laughs> cookies. And they were like, have some, have some, eat some. <laughs> like they all took care of me. And I was like, oh, like it was the best. I witnessed that uh, after Charles left, we actually went back to that same Costco to go shopping. And he walked by the bakery and he sees some of the 
the babushkas and abuelas that, <laughs> that still work there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he calls to them and they're, they're all like, Charlie! And they <laughs> take him in and kiss him on his cheek and uh, make him eat more muffins and cookies. <laughs> It was the best. Bro, it sounds cool. like they were feeding you just to plump you up. They were. Wow. They would like make me stick my finger out and feel how bony my finger was every day. <laughs> Better leave yourself a trail of breadcrumbs <laughs> <Yeah>. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, Costco just taking care of people left and right. <laughs> Did the lights just flicker? I didn't notice. Okay. Maybe it's just me. Hmm. Do you guys want to talk about your house or no? No, not now. What? Okay. Nothing. Do we want to talk about our house? Oh, like yeah. you guys' stuff. Yeah. Okay. No, you no. want to wait? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's keep this short and jump into our stories. Really? Yeah. I'm going to tell you one story. Okay. Like before we tell stories? Yeah. You tell me if you want to keep. I mean, that's the point of the podcast. I mean, this is it, the grossest but... thing I've ever seen in my life. Okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm braced. <laughs> okay. Seriously, tell me if we should take this out. Because, <laughs> like, we've had, I don't know, 17 episodes now with poop stories in them. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> when I was 14, I used to go to the local country club. Nice. Because my parents played tennis, not because we were... Anyway. So, we would always go there. We'd pretend to work out as 14-year-olds. You know what I mean? You barely do anything. And then we would sit in the sauna. And we'd see how long we could sit in there. It was fun. So it's me, my friend Alex, and Greg, and we're sitting in the sauna, and this dude comes in, and this is this is a gym, and if y'all have never been to the gym, gym etiquette, old dudes be letting everything wiling, yeah, no etiquette, <laughs> yeah, they just whip it all out there, throw it all around, sit everywhere, rub against everything, you know. What I'm <sighs> so this this old dude walks in. First of all, I could have claimed a Bigfoot sighting how hairy he was. <laughs> he was the hairiest dude I've ever seen. And I mean, you're sitting there and you're just like, stare forward, stare forward. You know what I mean? So we're sitting there. He comes in, sits in the sauna for like 15 minutes, but we're in there longer, just sweating it all out. And I can, I'm sitting in the doorway so I can see into the locker room and Alex and Greg are a little more into the sauna so they can't see out. The guy gets up and leaves and I see him take a towel and dry his sweaty, hairy body. And he takes it and he flosses it in between <laughs> his cheeks and balls. So I'm watching him do this and I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> and he just wipes off all the sweat, goes and takes a shower, gets dressed, throws his towel on the, on the bench. We finally reach our limit. We're, we're too hot. We're about to die. We're about to pass out. So we all get out. We're talking about school. We're talking about whatever. And we go out and we all pick up our towels and start drying off. And Alex is just, yeah, dude, like totally. I was at practice and I, and he's just drying his whole body and I'm looking and he pulls it up over his face to dry his face. And there, I promise oh, God, no. on all my dead relatives, <laughs> he pulls up the towel to wipe his face and there's a brown streak across the front. <laughs> and I was like, dude, where'd you get that towel? And he's like, it, it was mine. I left it on the bench. And I was like, oh, no. And he's like, why? Why? And he gets, you could tell he was like, oh, no. And I was like, that dude just wiped his ass with that towel. And he just started crying, ran into the shower. Crying. He put 
soap in his eyes. Oh, yeah, you don't want I, no pink eye, bro. <laughs> I throw my face on the coals <laughs> yeah. inside the, the steam room. <laughs> dude, I had a friend pee on those coals once. Oh. I know. I thought you were going to say that the dude was going to throw his towel over the coals. So, oh. like, the... Oh, the room just filled with his sweat his musk and, yeah <laughs> in, <laughs> in gas form you know no just uh alex ate the booty like groceries yeah. that towel <laughs> dude it was the grossest thing i've ever seen man we we uh as, as funny as these are i'm sorry everyone i know i know i know <laughs> it's like that's the kind of content i got i don't know what to say <laughs> shitty content anyway all right dude let's run to the freaking stories let's do this let's roll we roll a 20-sided die. Highest number goes first. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, we want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3 a.m. And you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 a.m. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Charles got a 12. I got a 7. And Sean got a 9. So the order today is going to go Charles, Sean, then me. Gang. All right. So for me tonight, I just have a couple stories. All right, so this person said this is one of the stories that was told pretty commonly while they were growing up. Uh, from reading their experience, their family's pretty close. Like a lot of them stayed in the town, so they have cousins, aunts, uncles everywhere. And this story is infamous in their family. So they grew up in a rural community on the Navajo reservation. Mm. I don't know which one. I don't know where. I don't think they wanted to be too specific. So they grew up... This actually happened to their aunt and uncles. So it wasn't them. This is just the story they heard of their aunt and uncles. So they had an aunt and two uncles. They were probably like 10 to 12 to 14 years old. They were home alone. Their parents were at a chapter meeting on the res. And like a lot of the houses on the, in the community, there was no electricity. So when, it went, when the sun went down, it was dark, unless you like lit a fire or something. So they're all hanging out. It had been dark for about an hour and they're all getting ready for bed when one of them hears something outside. And at first it's just like a rustling, which isn't too uncommon. 
I mean, it could be an animal or something, but eventually it gets to the point where it doesn't sound like anything they recognize. So they alert both their siblings and they all get together and they say, do you hear that? They can hear someone like something just walking around on the gravel outside circles around the house a couple times and all of them are getting more and more afraid. So they quietly and silently move to the window and they look outside and they see a figure standing in the middle of their driveway. It's right by their truck. And this is weird because the closest neighbor to them is miles and miles away. So as they're looking out the window, the figure reaches towards their truck door and pops it open. Starts going through all their stuff, just rummaging through their things. Now the oldest uncle, he was left with the charge of like protecting the house and watching over the siblings. So he feels a sense of like, I have to do something. I have to protect our home. So he runs over, grabs the family rifle, loads it, cocks it. And they all go up to the door and they go one, two, three. Kick open the door, runs out onto the porch, lifts the rifle up and points it at the car. Says, hey, what are you doing? The figure stops. Turns and just stares at them. It's super dark. They can't like make out what it is. All they can tell is like the outline of a person. So this figure just turns and stares at them. And the brother repeats, what are you doing? Get out of here. Rifle raised, pointing at the thing's face. When it starts to walk towards them. <laughs> BDE right there. <laughs> so slowly. It starts walking towards them and they're getting more scared. The brother yells again. His voice cracks. Get, get out of here. What are you doing? I swear I'll shoot. The two younger siblings are standing behind their brother and they're like, they're terrified. This thing's not backing down. It seems to not care at all that a gun's being pointed at him. And he goes, I swear I'm going to shoot. Don't make me do this. And he pulls the trigger and they all hear click. Oh, no shot. Mm. <laughs> and the figure just goes walks towards him quicker every step it takes they smell something it smells like quote rotting flesh Ew. no a rotting corpse sorry it's so bad the smell the sister the aunt gags she almost vomits they're all screaming. He's fumbling with the gun. He's trying to reload it, trying to see why it jammed, why it didn't go off. When headlights come over the hill far away and it's their grandpa and grandma or their, their parents. Instantly, the figure sees the headlights, turns and moves abnormally quickly to a tree. The headlights come, turns, goes up the gravel driveway, parks. Oldest brother runs to the truck and quickly tells the grandpa what's happening and points at the tree. As he looks over at the tree, all of them can see the figure poking its head out by, behind <laughs> the tree just to see what's going on. Without a word, grandpa runs inside, runs to the stove, grabs a handful of ash, takes the rifle, rubs it all on the rifle, takes the bullet, coats the bullet, loads it, <laughs> lifts it, Walks outside, starts walking straight towards the tree. And they can all see this thing poking its head out from the side of the tree. And the, the grandpa says, like, leave our land. Leave us alone. 
The thing unfazed, doesn't move. Grandpa clicks, loads, <laughs> lets a shot off right past the tree. But the thing visibly is shook. Like it wasn't, it was not expecting a shot. So with unhuman like speed, turns around, <laughs> takes off into the dark, like desert surrounding. Grandpa and the oldest son jump in the truck. Grandma turns, grabs the younger brother and the daughter and throws them inside. And the rest of the story comes from the uncle's point of view. He gets in truck in the truck with grandpa. The figure is not taking any roads or paths. It's just through desert or through, through the wilderness. So the truck is going up and down, super bumpy on uneven road. The headlights are just like all over the place. Cause they're it's, you know, it's crazy yep. terrain to this day. The uncle describes it as every time the headlights would pass over the figure, he would see a woman and she was galloping on all fours. He said like a bear. Mm, like a bear gallop. Take that out. <laughs> <laughs> so they chased this thing as hard as they could. It's sprinting away from them on all fours. And eventually it comes to a ditch. The truck goes right up to the edge of the ditch, but it's like over 20 feet tall. It can't go down. So grandpa hops out, flashlight in hand, rifle in the other, points it out there and they can barely make it out, it moving through the trees and brush until they can't see it. But he calls out. He starts yelling in Navajo. The older brother could understand Navajo. And he said he was yelling about a local woman. He was calling it out and he was saying, I know you leave me and my family alone, screaming these words in Navajo. That was it. They got in the truck, went back home and grandpa said, it will not be bothering us anymore. Several days later on the news, local woman dies and the older brother is like shocked because it's the woman grandpa was yelling about. And the story, the person who wrote this ended with, I've always heard you can kill a skinwalker if you yell their name. He's like, that's what grandpa did, which is crazy. Cause that's what, that's what that's Leah, Leah shared. Said. Yeah, exactly. I love how we have a catalog of episodes to look back to. We can reflect on other people's like lessons or experiences. Line them up. Yeah. See what's going on. Yeah. Just validating. But that, wild goose chase through the desert in the middle of the night <laughs> terrifying why did he put ash on the gun and the bullet they didn't elaborate and i didn't see anything that talked about it mm -hmm. but there must have been something the skinwalker must have been able to do something to inhibit the gun uh. and if you think back how does a skinwalker use magic do you remember fear <laughs> fear um, yes and also the uh the body of a loved one the that they've killed. Dust. They get there. Yeah. They grind up their bones and they use the dust. So there could be something like Ash counteracting that or a, a spell for good or something. I don't know. But grandpa, it felt like grandpa knew exactly what he was doing. He wasn't afraid. Just move forward. I thought it was cool. No nice. fear. Yeah. That reminds me of Leah with like just not being afraid, like facing it head on. True. <laughs> All right, that story was from Leisha Ninja. Leisha Ninja. Wow. 
No, I know two ninjas. Eh. Okay, I got one more. All right, so this person, I don't know exactly where this one takes place. It's somewhere in the south. Uh, This kid lives near a national park. That's all he said. Somewhere in the south. So around where he lives, a lot of super religious people. Um, Often if they hear about weird things, most people say that's just the devil playing tricks. They like write off everything like that. And he said it is super common. Everyone knows these stories. Everyone hears these stories of weird creatures, cryptids, weird disappearances, just strange things going on around and in this national park. So that's what he grew up with. He would hang out all the time on his grandma's property. She had like a large property, he said, out in the quote boonies, way out in rural. On his grandma's property, she had a house up top and his cousins and their aunt had like a trailer down the hill from him. So he would always go over there and it was just all the cousins hanging out and they would all play night games super often. So um, one of their favorite ones was manhunt. Not exactly sure what that is. (laughs) Sounds illegal. My favorite game was Mandingo. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the game though, where it's like one person or like uh, one person chasing everyone like a car and you have to get like from one place to the other place. Fugitive. We always yeah. yeah. That's what I called it. Fugitive. But we I always like called I've it fugitive. It I think it's kind of like that. Instead of cars, though, they just had flashlights. Uh, so I think. Hmm. Um, but he said he was often the one they would choose to hunt first. So I think it was more like a group hunting one. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, at least that's what it kind of felt like reading this story. So it's like apocalypto. Yeah. <laughs> Zigzag. Just running. Yeah, yeah, running from a team of murders. Um, okay. So the aunt, she was at the hospital. Grandma was with her. So they were all left home. Actually, super similar situation to like the last story. They were all home alone. There was about four or five of them. And the oldest cousin was watching them all. He was nine years older than this guy. Um, He was about nine at the time. And the oldest cousin, they said, we'll call D. So all some of the other cousins, they said, were super ruthless. (laughs) Like punch, hit, kick. You know what I mean? It was just rough, rough and tumble. D, they actually all loved and respected. He actually like took care of them. So they're all over at grandma's house. They're in the surrounding forest and wilderness and they're playing night games. It's getting dark. They decide, let's play manhunt. Now that it's getting dark, they all run home, grab flashlights and this person, they're at first. So they run as far as they can. They find a big log and they hide behind it. After about 10 minutes, they hear their cousins come through the brush. They see the beam of the flashlight coming through and they stand up and start sprinting. And all of their cousins look and see them and start chasing. They run as fast as they can. All the cousins are right behind them, right on their tail. And they're about a mile away from home. When they can't run anymore, they slow down, they stop. And the other cousins come through the clearing and catch them. They're all winded, out of breath. They're laughing. They're having fun when they hear someone else come through the brush in the clearing. They all turn their beams towards the person and it's D and he's just standing there. And they're like, what's up D and D lowers his head and growls at them. Now it's super common for their cousins to all play pranks on each other and scare each other. So they were like, okay, That's what this is. And they all run. They think it's super funny. They sprint. There is like a gravel path that goes through the property and they run to that path and they start running up the path when they see someone standing in the middle of the path in front of them. 
they all shine their flashlights at him and it's D. And he turns around and he's looking at him. And this is something that comes up often. I don't know what it is. But they said, they're all, they're all like, holy crap, like how did, how did you get here so fast? And they're trying to talk to him. He's just staring blankly and he moves towards them. And they said it was an unnatural movement, like a jerking movement. So they all laugh. They run. They run around him in all these different directions. <laughs> they sprint to the house. And they get in the house and they're like, dude, let's punk D. So they run around, lock all the doors. And they take the big coffee table in the middle of the living room. And they all push it right up against the front door. And they're laughing because they, they wreck D. And as they're all laughing, they hear the bedroom door open behind them. And D walks out. But this time, he's rubbing his eyes and he looks pissed off. He's like, what the hell are you guys doing? And they're all like, what the heck? Like, how'd you get in here so fast? He's like, what do you mean? And he's like, you were just out there. You, got, you scared us when we were playing Manhunt and then you scared us on the path. And D's face goes white. As quickly as he can, though, he tries to show no fear or anything. He just says, hey, all of you go to your room right now. They all kind of protest. And he's like, shut the f*** up. Everyone go to their room. <laughs> like, he's not, he's not hearing any of it. Yeah. Everyone get to their room right now. So they all kind of like, what the heck? Because something's, something's up. They all go to their bedroom. He closes the door and locks it. They can hear him walking around the house for a while. They hear the front door open and close. And for 20 minutes, it's silent. <laughs> And all of a sudden, the door bursts open. D walks in. And he's smiling. He's like, I got you guys. I tricked you. I just sprinted back. That was me. And they're like, ha, ah, that was funny. Like, dang, you're so fast. That's crazy. Dirty D right there. So three years later, this kid is nine. And then three years later, he is 19, no, 12. 12. So he's a little bit older and he brings this story up with D and D's like, I got to tell you something. That wasn't me. And he's like, the reason I freaked out is because I've had experiences with that same thing near grandma's house. He's like, now that you're older, I need to tell you. He's like, now that you're older, you need to know that wasn't me and you need to keep yourself safe. So the younger cousin's like, dude, tell me what happened to you. And after a super long time of convincing, D finally tells him his story. And I will be telling that <laughs> on this week's bonus story for our patrons. Uh, <laughs> that's not okay, but okay. Okay. But okay. <laughs> so if you guys want to hear the rest of this story, go ahead and head over to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash the 3 a.m. pod. Wow. <laughs> yes. That's it, right? That's it. Dude. Good getting job. It, getting it down. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The link is in the description. The link is in our description and in our bio on Instagram. Yep. We do a bonus story every week. So go ahead and head over there for $2 only. You can get a billion trillion extra stories. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. So this happened when D was about nine years old. So when he was about nine years old, he had two cousins that were home with him. Um, they called him C. But anyway, that's those stories. I'm always hesitant, like super simultaneously 
hesitant and excited when I see skinwalker stories. One, I don't know. I just feel like because of the experience we had, it was like, it's hard to broach that subject again because like it was done so beautifully and like personally with having someone from that culture tell us. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, I, I had fun reading those. The next step is you going to is. You know Arizona. Spending a night out on the res. With with her cousins and brothers who apparently are better stories than or better storytellers and have better stories than, than Leah did. And for you patrons, just so you know, Leah has invited us to do that. And it really is, it's kind of like an open t- invitation she's given us. So the second we can kind of figure it out, we <laughs> might go down there. I just like don't know if I, I don't know. Just a weekend trip. We're going to the territory of the Skinwalker, though, <laughs> and we're going to be talking about it. That's like, no, 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 no. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a no, 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 no. What, if you were watching our scary movie and you were the viewer, you'd be like, y'all are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you deserve to die. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, just remembering what she said about being fearless, you know. That's true. So we got to test that. <laughs> it's like, can I have a phone book real quick? Just, just so start I can start yelling out everyone's name. Yeah. <laughs> John A. Anthony. That baby names book 2020. (laughs) Yeah. Is that Rodriguez out there? (laughs) But anyway. (laughs) Anyway. That's me tonight. Thank you for participating. Thanks for your story. That was spooky. The worst part is when he rolled his ankle. (laughs) (laughs) When I was reading that, I laughed. I was like, oh my gosh, of course. (laughs) I cannot, dude. I cannot. All right. It's me. So, uh, I mentioned this last week that we recorded, but that ended up being a bonus episode for our patron, for our patrons. Uh, I mentioned that I went out to Minnesota and Wisconsin a little bit ago, finished picking up all 50 states. Congrats. Yep. It was pretty dope. Big, big, big congrats. For those who don't know who need to catch up, Sean has, until a couple weeks ago, has visited 47 states. He's been to almost all of them, and it's been a lifelong goal to hit all 50, which he did two weeks ago. Yeah, it was about two weeks ago. And your last three were? North Dakota, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. Beautiful. Just ones I'd never had a chance of going, just <laughs> middle north U.S. No, no <laughs> it's one a real bummer. You. It's a real bummer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I did. I loved Wisconsin and Minnesota, like so green, waterfalls, lakes, everything. There's this YouTuber that I followed a little while ago, back when like travel and adventure videos like on YouTube were, were everything were pretty cool. <laughs> now it's like a dime a dozen. But uh, his goal is to visit every country. In I the see world. a lot of like Zoom transitions, right. yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blue water. drone shots of yeah, yeah water. Yeah, his goal is uh, and I can't remember his name. I'm so sorry, but his goal is to visit every country in the world. He's been to like 160 so far. Oh, damn. How many countries are there? If we all had a guess. I'd say low 200s. I'm going to say 336. I was going to say 280. Can you Google it? I say 287. All right, viewers, <laughs> lock in or your two, answer now. Did you say 280? 279. <laughs> <laughs> the price is right. Yeah. <laughs> 195. Okay, I was off. <laughs> so he's like 30 away. Damn. Yeah, he's pretty anyway, close. He recently posted as while you were in uh minnesota but he said he, he he posted on instagram uh his top 10 most underrated cities to visit and out of the 10 there was one provo US- utah <laughs> 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 big 
big no. Uh, out of the 10, there was one U.S. city, and it was Minneapolis. Oh, okay. I think it was like number six. It was, it was a pretty cool city. Like, honestly, I, I wish I would have been able to explore some of the downtown area, but there <laughs> yeah, was some cool riots, some <laughs> things going on that. Not to get political, Sean was like blocks away from the shooting that happened at the riots. Yeah. Like when it went down, it was it said the city, and I was like, oh, okay, Sean's there right now. So I texted him, I was like, bro, you good? He's like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kick it in the hostel tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Legit though, like I heard gunshots outside my house. Jeez. And then I heard cop cars driving by. I was like, well, mm. I'm not going out tonight. That's the scary, spooky stuff we don't want to get into. <laughs> so that's my story tonight. <laughs> Sean's like, the failed political system of the U.S. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> Dude, that was real spooky. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I uh, happened to pick up a couple scary stories while I was there. Beautiful. Dope. Had plenty of topics to choose from. Mm. And stories that I heard from the smiley face killings. Oh, what? Is that different than the smiley face killer? I I don't know. I think it might be because that was over in Oregon. Oh, yeah. No, no. There's smiley face killings that happened in Minnesota. Is that with a bunch of boys? Also boys. Yeah. I know that. I've heard that one. And the ghost fleet of Lake Superior. Nope. No idea. (laughs) But I decided to choose... A different story that I heard. So, Dude, you got to like synopsis the smiley face killings because it's so weird. It is so weird. And to this day, we haven't found who the smiley face killer is. Mm, Those are the best killers. (laughs) It's true. Um, But essentially, like these teenage to like frat age boys would go missing. And then when they're found, they would be face down like dead in bodies of water. Like all of them. Yeah. And they would just have like the smiley face like carved into their face. <laughs> so no bueno, obviously. And still unsolved. Like it's still going on unsolved. right now. Yeah. Real quick, that area of the country, you got Wendigos. You got Fox Island. Go ahead and look into oh, that shit. if you want. Forgot Dark rabbit that. hole. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like it's a slept on place. Like people in New York and LA refer to it as flyover states. As if nothing's going on there. But really, there's like, it's bustling, dude. Yeah, it's definitely bustling. Um, And to briefly put a synopsis on the ghost fleet as well, Lake Superior has had over 10,000 people die in the lake. Oh. And it goes as deep as 11,000 feet. Or sorry, 11, 11, yeah, I think it's 11,000 or 1,100 feet, which is way not as deep, but... That's like a there's, ten thousand foot difference. There's a one one in that number. I can't remember. <laughs> it's one of those. Yeah. Uh, a really smart dude told me it was the largest body of fresh water. It is the largest body of fresh water. Incredible. And they got things like piranhas and sharks in there, like bull sharks. Hmm. But still, I call bullshit. <laughs> With that being said, there's been so many missing people and shipwrecks that have happened in Lake Superior that they've kind of garnered this name of a ghost fleet. Like whenever someone will see a, a ship out on the horizon that just seems to disappear. Someone even caught one on video like a while ago. Hmm. And I can't remember if it was debunked, but I feel like that there was some logical explanation. Like I said, though, I chose a different story that I heard. You bastard. <laughs> so this story comes from a girl named Morgan. 
And she lived in a small northern Minnesota town. She said it was so small there was about 100 people in the town. So population 100. What is happening? That's a large Polynesian family. <laughs> It's like so, DJ and cousins. <laughs> and in northern Minnesota, a whole town. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I did a lot of driving around, just like scenic driving while I was there. And it's really kind of cool because you'll be driving on this main road and you won't feel like you're driving on a main road. Mm. It's almost like you're driving out in the country and you'll just at random points in time drive by a cabin or drive by a house. And it's just kind of cut out into these trees, like almost like a little plot of land and you don't see it until you're right in front of it. Mm. It's kind of cool. Also kind of creepy, very uh, remote. So that reminds me of the Vich, the Vich, the Vich, you know how they just like roll up and then he clears a little, a little square in the forest. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah. where we live now. This is it. Yeah. yeah. So she mentioned she lived in this town from age three to about 11 and she was living in this little like trailer home with her mom, her stepdad, and her younger brother. And I guess that the mom had just recently married her stepdad, and her stepdad was kind of abusive. So during this time, age three to 11, uh, whenever he would get bad or abusive or anything, she would quote unquote run away. And her definition of run away was once it got late, she would go outside the house and like hide under her porch. Mm to run away. So she it said, it almost sounds like you're punking the abused person. <laughs> run away. <laughs> that was, that was her words. I'm just kidding. Run oh, away. That's Maybe how, take that out. That's how, that's how I ran away. Uh, when I was a kid, like the first time, uh, my mom came looking for me, but I literally just went in the back of the house. <laughs> we're watching her drive away. I was like, idiot. Yeah, <laughs> probably like, didn't heat your egos up enough or something. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm out. <laughs> We're out of coconut syrup, Mom. Oh, I'm out of here. Lego my egg up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but anyway, back to this abused person. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're real sorry. Um, but one of these nights, her stepdad was pretty bad, was kind of really abusive this night. And around about midnight, she decided to run away. She left the house and went under her porch. And she said that, She'd actually done this so many times now that her stepdad, realizing this, decided to also break the front, the porch light so that it would be dark outside too. Just an extra scare, like just screw to you. Just extra, yeah, just screw you. Playing on like legendary motive, run away. <laughs> yeah. So she's out under the porch, no light. She's out there for quite a while and then decides she's going to go back inside. And when she goes... To go back inside, she realized that her stepdad also locked the doors. Bastard. So, and I get the feeling that her mom worked nights because she just wasn't around during this, the evenings. But the way that the house was, was it was kind of in like one of these little plots of land that was cut out into like the, the trees. She said that she had the road in front of the house. And then there was like a line of trees on the right side. And there was like a daycare on the other side of those trees that you could barely see through like all of the trees. And then on the other side was a line of trees and then crops. So, and she said it was corn and that corn seemed to kind of just go off onto the left. And in the back was just woods. Mm. So she's on the porch realizing that the doors are locked. 
How old is she again? I'm sorry. Age three to 11. So Whoa, okay. at this point, I'm imagining six or seven, maybe eight. Um, <laughs> but she's a child. She's a child. Why are you laughing, Deej? <laughs> Your number estimations are hilariously not on point. <laughs> <laughs> she's zero to 90. She's like zero to 99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then on top of all of this, her stepdad turned off all the lights in the house. Dude. So there's, what is with this, dude? <laughs> there's no lights, front porch, none in the house. It's completely dark. The door's locked. She realizes she's out here on her own, and she starts to cry. Damn. So she's crying, and then all of a sudden, she hears from the woods crying. And it sounded like it was hers. So she kind of stops and listens to this crying and the crying just keeps going like almost as if someone had recorded it and was hitting it on replay. So she's now sitting on the porch, terrified. Something's crying in the woods and it sounds like it's starting to come closer as well. So she's freaking out. And she said at this point in time, the words like came into her head the back door is broken. Like the lock is broken. I can get in through the back door. Hmm. And the back door, the doorknob was broken and it led to their little backyard area where they kept their dogs. And there was like a little fenced area. And the fenced area went to about 15 feet outside of the woods. So if you can like picture that, mm-hmm. the house, backyard, fence, 15 feet past that woods. Mm-hmm. So she's listening to this crying happen. And then it starts to kind of go away a little bit, like get a little quieter. And she decides this is her chance. She's going to run from the front porch where she's at all the way around the house to the back door and get in. All of a sudden the crying stops and she take, she bolts. She runs all the way around the right side of the house into the back. And she gets to the gate of the fence, which was this chain link fence. She's lifting the latch up. And then from the woods behind her, just 15 feet away, she hears, come here, come here, come here. And the last come here was really drawn out, she said. She flips the latch up, opens the door, closes it as fast as she can, runs to the back door and like opens the door, closes it and like sticks a chair in front of the, in front of the door. After she does this, she runs to her room closes the door, like flips on the TV in her bedroom and kind of has it on like a little low volume so that there's like something in the background. And she hops up onto the top bunk of her bed because I guess her younger brother was sleeping on the bottom bunk. As she does this and lays her head down on her pillow, she hears, come here, coming from outside her window. And then come here. It sounds like it's getting farther away. And then a little bit later, come here. Like it's going around the house. So she's not able to sleep all night. She, she doesn't say that it happens all night. But in the morning when she does see her mom, she decides to tell her mom not about. Divorce your husband. <laughs> she doesn't tell her mom about the incident, just about what her stepdad did. Mm-hmm. And her mom got super pissed at the stepdad. Like, what are you doing? So he's like, oh, sorry, I thought that she was already in the house, and so I locked it. (laughs) And uh, she said, obviously, she knew that her stepdad was lying because he knew she went out all the time. Yeah. 
she kind of, her, her mom gets mad at the stepmom or stepdad and there's this whole thing. And, uh, I guess stepdad has to apologize to her and stuff. And then later on that night, she, uh, goes out of her room around about midnight again and like to go get a drink of water. She's not going to run away tonight. Obviously there's something going on outside and her stepdad is waiting in the living room. He knew that she was going to come out of her room and he says, we got to talk. So he uh, opens the front door, says, let's go sit on the porch. So they go out and sit on the porch and she's like waiting for her stepdad to start yelling at her. He doesn't start yelling at her. They sit in silence for like 10 minutes, just kind of looking at the stars. And this was like unexpected for her. She thought for sure she was going to get in big trouble. Yeah. And then like in the distance, they hear yipping like coyotes and like a whole pack of coyotes. And it sounds like it's like off in the distance in the cornfield. So off to the side of their house, it sounds like they're kind of getting closer as well. So all these yipping coyotes are coming closer and closer. And then she kind of hears the sound of hooves as well. And her stepdad says, that doesn't sound like it's just coyotes. Sounds like they're chasing something Hmm. because of the sound of the hooves. Hmm. So as this continues and they're sitting on the porch, all of a sudden it sounds like they're right on the edge of the cornfield. And as she's like kind of, looking at the stars and then kind of looks down at the cornfield to where the sound is coming from. She sees a pair of eyes watching her from the cornfield. And she said they were red eyes. And she like reaches out to her stepdad and he looks and like grabs her and pushes her inside the house, closes the door behind them, latches with the little like chain lock and tells her to go to her room, closes the door And then she hears him go back to his living room and just kind of like peeking outside the blinds and stuff. Nothing else happened that night that she was aware of. Hmm. But in the morning when she wakes up, her stepdad comes to her and he says, don't ever run away again. There's something out there. And she's like, okay, I won't. So she never ran away again. And her stepdad never talked to her about that again either. It was just kind of like a do not talk about subject. And she says she thought that she saw the Wendigo due to location of where they were at, the sound of the hooves, mm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think? I don't know. That story had me super tense the whole time because, because there's a monster outside, but there's also like a monster inside. So when you said like he came and he's like, I need to talk to you. I was like, oh no. Like, this is bad. Because, like, you never know with an abusive parent, especially with a young kid. It's like, Mm -hmm. you hear horror stories. Like, literal, not supernatural horror stories. Literal horror stories about, you know, the abuse from parents and things like that. Yeah. So, I was so tense that whole time. And I was like, damn it. Like, she can't go inside. She can't go outside. Like, she's got nowhere to go. (laughs) Based on location, though, I would say when to go. But it's funny that this has come up a couple times. It feels like there's a weird crossover of, like, mimic Wendigo, Skinwalker, and maybe they all kind of live in the same realm and just are a little bit different based on region. I don't know. Could be, yeah. From my uh, copious amounts of study on the Wendigo, I've heard that Wendigos don't or can't talk. Mm. Do you know what source that was? Uh, MySpace, Facebook. (laughs) 
I think it was like Ask G's or something. <laughs> Tumblr, dude. <laughs> no, uh, it was somebody who, they, they, they were Native American, so they knew a lot about skinwalkers. And people sometimes mistake Wendigos as skinwalkers. And he's like, no, skinwalkers are this, Wendigos are that. So I don't know. Hmm. One Native man's opinion, <laughs> maybe, or fact. I don't know. Well, and to, uh, I guess, give a little bit of background for our listeners from my not copious amounts of knowledge on Wendigos <laughs> is essentially someone who's been out in the wild and has come to this point of cannibalism and due, due specifically to cold, which is why I think it's more Northern. And their soul essentially becomes this Wendigo after they've committed this crime of cannibalism. Mm. And then it'll seek out other people to to eat or or turn them. Mm-hmm. So that was all learned from the video game. Okay. <laughs> or Supernatural Season 1. <laughs> Damn, cool, dude. dude. Well, now you're out of porch light and you really can't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Outside. That's terrifying. As far as I know, there was less abusiveness following the incident. So that's that's good. Good news for us and for her. But also, like... Wendigo is very prominent up there. Mm. There's a national park called Isle Royal National Park in Minnesota. What is it? Isle Royal. It's oh. this big island out in the middle of Lake Superior. And the campground there is Wendigo Campground. Fun. So I wanted to go, but it was closed. Mm-hmm. Hell no, brother. <laughs> but uh, I, I concur. I think, I think that it could have been a Wendigo. Who'd you get this story from? Was this while you were traveling? Yeah, yeah. Her name was Morgan. Wow. So, yeah. Super scary. Wow, wow, wow. Hmm. But that's me for tonight. <laughs> I, I'm excited for for my story. <laughs> the way it made me feel, just because we've talked about how like slowly our tolerance has gotten higher and we become more desensitized to some stories and some scenarios like dreams or even sometimes skinwalkers, like those stories sound like a dime a dozen, mm-hmm. you know. This is one that I have never heard before. Those are rare and far between, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Few and far between. (laughs) This one comes from Kentucky Rob. Kentucky Rob. Yeah, Kentucky Rob. (laughs) And he said, when I was 15, I think Kentucky Rob's about our age. So when I was 15, I was super into paintball and airsoft. Did you guys ever go through that phase? Yeah. Specifically airsoft, though, because paintball was more expensive. I wanted to get into airsoft, but my parents were too afraid of it because it looks like a real gun and basically oh, emulates yeah. real guns. That's true. So I like I had I had some friends who were more into airsoft, so I would go to their places to play. But I had a paintball gun, and which reminds me, not part of the story, but my little brother broke my paintball gun. And I remember being so sad and my mom's like, let's, let's go fix it. Let's go fix it. I'm like, cool. We find this like shop that sells paintball gear and does repairs. Mm-hmm. And we take it in there. They diagnose it. And they're like, yeah, it'll take about two weeks. We have to order parts, you know? And this was, I, I was the about car, the same dude? age, you know? So they're like, we have to order parts. So once we get that in, that's what's going to take the longest. Then it'll only take like a day to fix. I'm like, cool. We... Don't hear back from them after two weeks. So we give it a few more days and we give them a call. They're not picking up. Sick. And my mom's like, let's go check it out. And we go 
and they their business failed. <laughs> and they just they weren't there anymore. You just closed the doors. You look, look through the, the glass doors and it was all empty. It just took my paintball gun. Bro, that's all they wanted was just your paintball gun <laughs> yeah, and they dude. bounced. Yeah, I mean. Maybe the part that they ordered for you just tanked their company. <laughs> yeah. Made them bankrupt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Makes me so sad. Would you have a spider E99 yeah. <laughs> or an angel? It was a spider, actually. Ooh, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, it was a spider. Um. With an eighteen-inch barrel, oh, nice so you were barrel. a sniper, dude. Yeah, a sniper, dude. Uh, anyway, that's besides the fact. So, uh, Kentucky Rob, very into paintball, very into airsoft. Him and all his friends. Rob said they would play at their friend's house because he has a huge backyard. It's basically just a forest, woods, like heavily wooded area. Dope. And they spent almost all their free time playing. And if they weren't playing. They were digging like foxholes, building like little hills, making barriers out of <laughs> spare parts and wood and car parts and whatnot. Oh, they were dedicated. Oh, super dedicated to <laughs> making this world where they could, you know, go to war. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah. And so they play there. They, they knew the woods like the back of their hand. So they thought. <laughs> they play a game, just a normal one, where they're split into two teams and almost like capture the flag so actually i think it is capture the flag <laughs> rob um decides to split off from his team and go solo rogue just like on the outskirts you know Ooh, okay to go behind en- enemy lines and around them unseen Ooh, flanking is what they call it <laughs> hell yeah dude <laughs> so uh, this is after they've been playing all day they're saying th- it's starting to uh, get late in the day Let's have this be our last game. It might take a while, so let's use our special gear. And their special gear is, they were so invested in this, they had night vision goggles. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So. He was like ex-Marine kids. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, Just elite so, forces out here, man. What the oh. heck? Um, Tom Clancy out here, bro. I have I had the the thing when I was growing up that you had to look at the light and you'd click and it would shift the little cardboard paper. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, dude. yeah. <laughs> that was my <laughs> night vision goggle. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> these kids were strapped. Yeah, what the hell? So he he has his goggles on him. It's starting to get dark, and uh, Tom Clancy's out. Yeah, he's. He's successfully sneaking past their team. He doesn't know how his team's doing because he's just off on his own. But he's like taking his time, waiting for people to run past him. He's hiding. And then when the coast is clear, he'll run as fast as he can until he sees somebody in the distance and he stops and waits. And he, this happened, these intervals happen um, maybe like four or five times uh, before he gets to the flag. Mm can see the flag it's just a t-shirt old t-shirt and he can see it it's maybe like 50 yards away it's like a bright orange t-shirt hanging in a tree he's running and he doesn't know if there's like somebody guarding it so he he hikes up against a tree and he's waiting and he's listening to see if he can hear any of the enemy waiting for him if they're repositioning and whatnot and while he's waiting, he's being really careful and really calculated about this move. He notices that it's dusk. 
the sun's down, so it's getting dark pretty quick. And the sky is also getting dark. There's still a little bit of light, but this is when he decides to put on his night vision goggles. Oh, it's goggle so time. It's go time. Yeah. <laughs> <Whee>! yeah. <laughs> so he puts on his goggles and right before he puts on his goggles, he, he's, he becomes more in tune with what's going on around him. It's getting colder. It is in the fall. So uh, the weather alone is chilly during the day. And now that the sun's going down, it's colder and uh, a fog sets in. Oof. Fog sets in. So it's like the perfect, it's like it's cinematic. Mm. You know? And he puts on his goggles and he's waiting and he has his eyes closed and he's, he's listening. And he said he's feeling this adrenaline rush. Right before he's about to turn around, he said, something was wrong with this fog. The fog had an odor to it. And he decides to wait it out a little bit. He has his, his rifle clutched in his hands against his chest. And his back is towards the flag. And he lets his hand down. And he said his hand brushed what felt like human hair. And before he could turn around, he looked up and he noticed that the fog was breath. And what he was hiked up against wasn't a tree, but a thing. He said he had no guts to turn around and see what it was. He just ran straight back towards where he came. And as he's running, the enemy sees him and they start pegging him. Of course. And he's yelling at them. He's like, stop, 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 stop. They're not having it. They're still pegging him, you know. He's like, no, stop, stop, please. He grabs one of them and he says, we have to go. We have to go now. They don't really understand, but they listen. And they start spreading it to their teammates. And they say, something's wrong with, with Rob. We have to go. They finally all gather together and they get back to their friend's house. And Rob is kind of out of control at this point. Uh, doesn't know what he saw. He explains that he felt hair or fur and smelt and saw somebody's breath and was up against this thing. Nobody else saw what he saw. The next day, this is a sleepover, this is a weekend that they're having. The next day, they decide to go out into the woods together to try to see if they can find anything. And Rob kind of leads the pack, but they're all still kind of huddled together. And they're all in their gear. Ooh. Know, feeling somewhat confident and uh, hopeful. Hoping that, you know. I'm sure at this point to like most of the boys, it's not real. It's just like a fun game. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like if you don't believe it, like Rob at this point, yeah. at, at least it's a, yeah, a fun it's game. It's like, oh yeah. yeah, let's go. Let's go hunt this thing. Yeah. They get to the spot and they see a trail of footprints lead off. And they follow these footprints. And it goes through the woods and it stops at a mutilated deer. And this deer wasn't killed by any conventional means. No gun, no knife. Legs were broken. Oh, it was really gruesome for all of them. 
that's when they decided that they shouldn't be there, which is good. <laughs> so they decide to head back to the house. On the way back to the house, the smell of the deer followed them. Mm. They couldn't get that smell or that odor out. They weren't hanging around. Nobody touched the deer, you know. There's no reason for it to, you know, stick to their clothing or whatnot. But it, it filled the area. So that was all that happened that day in the woods. They took a break from playing, at least in that location, for a little bit. <laughs> They're a little bummed out because that was like their, that was their playground. You that know, they spent so much time. Dude. Yeah, they spent so much time building, you know, that war zone for them to play in. Eventually, you know, after a few weeks, they ended up going back. They didn't say anything to any of their parents about the, the man or thing. Yeah. Whatever it was. Uh, but they did say the deer, that they saw the deer and how it was brutally murdered. So I guess their friend who owns a house where they would go sleep over, their father was a hunter and like scanned the area. Couldn't find anything else. Hmm. No. That's not the end of the story. So, this year, Kentucky Rob is visiting his friend. Whoa. Years, years later. No, at least 10 or 15 years later uh, from when this happened. And Rob is just catching up with him. At this point, he, he has almost completely forgotten about that experience. They're just catching up, and it's late at night, and Rob is saying, I got to head home. And it's past midnight. Rob just came alone. And uh, it was this kid and his family who were there. They fed him dinner, and then family went to bed, and it was just him and his friend hanging out, chopping it up. And Rob says his goodbyes, gets in his car, and starts driving home, which is like a 20-minute drive. Hmm. He... Is driving down or through this forest, and there's no street lights. You know? But he knows this forest. You know, he's been here his whole life. He's coming around these turns, and he's coming kind of quick. He just wants to get home, and he's tired. He comes around this one hairpin turn, pitch black. Next hairpin turn, and he sees in the middle of the road a dead deer. And it comes pretty soon after the turn. So... He's going quickly down the road, and it jogs his, his steering. He kind of screeches to a halt, and it freaks him out. You know, it just comes out of nowhere. He could have gotten seriously hurt from an accident. So he pulls over to the side, and he grabs the deer, and he drags it off to the side of the road so that nobody else, you know, runs into this thing. Better man than I. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way better. Like, <laughs> like see it sounds ya. like Rob doesn't have, I don't know, after his first experience, he's like bucked up. Oh, <laughs> <You know? wow. laughs> like he's okay with this. Um, he's out of the car. He's pretty terrified or like sh shaken up from what just happened. Grateful he's still okay and in one piece. He's like, I got to take a piss. And he doesn't go into the woods. He just literally goes on this like – Maybe like 10 yards from the road where the trees start, the tree line starts. Yeah. Pitch black. This is the part I don't agree with. I would go where the, my car headlights are shining. He's off to the side of his, uh, like the driver's side door. Walks off, unzips his pants, zzz, starts peeing. 
it's just the sound of the engine running and his piss hitting the ground when he smells the strong smell of a cigarette. And in front of him, he can barely see the tree that he's peeing on. And in the corner of his eye, two feet away, is a cigarette light. The light from a cigarette in somebody's mouth. And they're puffing on it and it's glowing bright orange. And he zips up, puts it in, zips up. Oh gosh, that's important. Doesn't stop peeing. Um, Runs back to his car, gets in, and speeds off. And as he's driving away, the glow of the red from his taillights kind of lights up where he was just at. He can see the deer. He can't quite see where he was standing and peeing and whatever was right next to him. It's slowly fading away into the darkness as he's driving away. But all his memories of you know, playing paintball in the forest comes flooding into his mind. He thinks about that thing he was up against where he thought it was fog, but it was their breath. He thought it was a tree, but it was just either a creature or, or a human. Uh, he said, I have no idea what the hell that was, but this was after midnight in the woods, in the pitch black, somebody was smoking and they were right next to me and they didn't say a thing. And I have no doubt in my mind that they were the ones that killed that deer. Cause there was no car that was like wrecked on the side. Like this, this deer looked as mutilated as the first one, no lines to draw in between. Like you can't confirm if that's the same thing or person, but too many of the same elements happening in the same, same forest, you know, years later. But that's the story of Kentucky Rob and his encounter with whatever that was. I don't know. What, what do you think? I don't know. The cigarette makes it feel human. That's what I was going to say. I was thinking like a Well, I like was like, hillbilly. for sure, Bigfoot. And then the, tell the cigarette. He makes it sound like Bigfoot after the first yeah. experience when he was a kid playing paintball. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of, you know, hillbillies and stuff like that out there in Kentucky. <laughs> Basically Bigfoot. Basically Bigfoot. So if you get one that's hairy enough. Hmm. I don't know. It's so weird. The only constant is the dead deer but a hundred percent the first story i was like no that's a that's a bigfoot or a cryptid yeah but then the second one is that's a human hundred percent unless bigfoot started a smoking addiction (laughs) i mean maybe maybe (laughs) been around long enough i know okay first of all you drive around the deer you don't get out second of all if you're gonna go pee bring a light with you third of all if you're gonna go pee just pee right by your car like who cares (laughs) Third, fourth of all, if you see that dude smoking out two feet to your left or right or whichever way, you start peeing on him instead of running away. <laughs> the one that got me, I, that the cigarette light and just him being like his reality is just flipped upside down when he thinks it's fog. Oh, yeah. But it's yeah. like the breath. Oh, yeah. I would die. That's like so disorienting to me. Bro, he should have seen it with his night vision goggles. I don't know. I don't know, dude. They <laughs> just need a better gear. Yeah. 
He got like the mad cat's goggles. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if you get that reference, you're old. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's Kentucky Rob. Oh man. If I were him, I'd be like, what's happening? I'd be so upset. <laughs> no more going to Kenny's house or yeah, whoever that Jenny, is. Yeah. Kenny, bro, we're not friends no more. We're losing my number. Yeah. <laughs> The only paintballing paintball story I have, we were like 11. We were at my friend's dad had some property out in the orchards. So we'd always play there. And we had one friend who used to always wipe. Always wipe? So if you get hit by a paintball, he would just wipe it off Um, and say he wasn't hit. He'd always do that. And all of us were like, bro, like, stop. You know, we know you were hit. Yeah. And so he's on one team, we're on another. And someone just starts yelling, like, I saw you, Jay. I saw you, Jay. Like, F you, dude. F you, F you. Just like, I saw you. And he's like, I didn't do anything. I didn't. Do-. And it come, they're just screaming at each other. And me and like three other kids are sitting there with our paintball guns. We're just watching. And S is yelling at Jay. He's like, I fucking saw you, bro. And Jay's like, I didn't do it. And then eventually he just is like, you're such a cheater. You always do this. You're always a piece of shit. Probably says something like, we only play with you because your dad has this property. You know what I mean? And Jay just lifts his gun and point blank, lets it off in my friend's chest. And all of us are like, and he just throws his gun down and they just fist fight like right there. And I was like, y'all are crazy. That was the highlight of that day. Damn, I would uh, like me and all my friends. I would have just started shooting the both of them. Like, <laughs> yeah. Y'all are dumb. Like, yeah. Stop arguing. We trying to play a game here. Yeah. <laughs> Jay was always that kid who like peaked in Marco Polo and stuff. You know, what I mean? yeah. <laughs> that's crazy though. I I would question reality if I were Rob. <laughs> Big nope. Yeah, that's that's fun. We all had some encounter with. Something. Yeah. Some creature in the woods. Yeah. Or in the outdoors. It's funny when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> All the same vein. True. Cool. Guys, I had fun tonight. I'm glad we're time. same. Glad we're getting back to normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back in the groove, you know. <laughs> um, if you're hearing this, you're still alive. You're still alive, obviously. <laughs> but look out for t-shirts dropping this coming Tuesday. So, I think it's the 29th, Tuesday the 29th. Perfect. Yeah. It's a full moon. Ooh. It's not. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Dickhead. It's Friday, the, it's Friday the 13th on the 29th. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday the 13th on the 29th. Dude, it's Halloween on September 29th. <laughs> on the Tuesday the 29th. <laughs> so, perfect. <laughs> we planned that shit. Yeah. Right before October. <laughs> so. It's our season to rain. It is our season. Guys, if you're out there and you have a weird experience, you know someone who has a weird experience, send it in. We want your stories. Mm-hmm. We want to retell them. We want to share them. We want to be spooked. Challenge us. Yeah, I know. So if you, that was kind of a side note. If you are interested in our t-shirts, go to our website, the3ampodcast.com. Look at our Instagram. We'll post all the updates on there and everything. If you yep. haven't been following already, but... uh Thank you to everyone out there for tuning in. Love you so much. Uh, trust your gut. Watch your back. Bye. Love you. Be safe. Question everything. <gasps> wow. Signing off. Bye.
Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM Pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page.